Good morning. Good morning. I'll go ahead and get started with announcements. I've got a, got a whole slew of them, and so I'll go ahead and get started. Um, first off, we just want to welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's a beautiful day out, right? We talked about that in class a little bit. It is so, so nice out. Um, I'm tempted to, to have class outside one of these days whenever it's so nice out. Um, if you're joining us online, we thank you for joining us. And um, as always, we've got attendance cards. So if you would go ahead and fill out your attendance card, we'll have our young guys come around in a little bit and pick them up. Um, so attendance cards and then a few announcements. First one that we found out is Glenn and Fran Starn's daughter, Tracy Bailey. Um, that's Tracy Bailey. Got to go home from the hospital. And so that's great, great news. Um, also another announcement is the Muncies. So Kenneth Muncie, he is in Hospice of East Texas Unit. And they are welcoming visitors. They are okay with visitors. And so if you want to go uh, peek in and, and say hello to the Muncies, um, go for it. They would love that. Um, also, I want to use this time to welcome a couple of uh, new family members to the West Sherwin family. So first off, we have Terry Archer. Um, if you would, you can stand up, give a little wave, and then you can sit right back down. I'm not going to make you stand for too long. Um, but Terry Archer has placed membership here at West Sterling, and we're excited to have her as part of our family. And then also uh, a new member of uh, God's family is Jolie Alvey. Now, this past weekend at LTC, um, we had, I'm trying to see if Jolie is here. I'm okay with making her stand. Um, this past weekend at LTC, um, she decided she wanted to be baptized, and we were going to do it in the pool. We tried that evening after supper. We were going to go do it in the pool, but apparently they were having electrical issues. And uh, I told her, I said, that's, that's a pretty good way to go out if that's what happens. But uh, she decided she didn't want to do that, and so we asked if she wanted to do it the next day or just go ahead and try for a bathtub. And she said, let's do the bathtub. And um, so we, we put her in a bathtub, and she shifted around for five or ten minutes trying to find a way that, that worked. And finally we got it. We had three people pressing her down to make sure she was under. But uh, it, it was awesome. That was a memory that uh, I know I'll never forget. We had a room full of people FaceTiming in because the bathroom was pretty small. And it was just an awesome, awesome moment. So we're proud, proud of Joe Lee and uh, putting on Christ in baptism. Now, this morning's service is going to look just a little bit different than usual. Um, so for parents with young kids, don't send them to blast. We're not going to have any blast this morning. If you send them back, um, we'll have a nice game of hide-and-seek and tag and stuff. Uh, but there won't be blast class, so please hold on to them in here. And then this evening, uh, we're going to have small groups. That's what's going on this evening. Um, as always, if you're not part of a small group and are interested in joining uh, talk to me, talk to someone, and we'll, we'll find you someone that knows how to get you plugged in. And we would love to get you plugged in with a small group. I believe that's all I've got. And so I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to be reading Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It reads, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any sharing in the Spirit... If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by, being, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate
Again, good morning and welcome to a very special, special day for our West Irwin Church of Christ family. Our church family, in accordance with the Word of God and led by the Holy Spirit, has called men to serve as elders of the West Irwin Church, shepherds of this flock, overseers of our church. In the same way, we have called men to serve as deacons of our West Irwin Church family. This time, I would like to ask our current elders to come up to the front. Jay Bynum, Ken Culpepper, Grant Knight, Galen Siegler, Wade Weathers, and David Wicks. As they make their way to the front, I want to express my and all the congregation's great appreciation for the years these current and all our previous elders and their wives and families have served this church. Now I'll ask the men who are appointed today to join this group as elders and shepherds of the West Irwin Church to come forward. Matt Hawes and John Shaw. We are grateful to each of you and to your wife and family for your willingness to serve this church as an elder, overseer, and shepherd. I would like to ask all of our shepherds to continue to face the congregation as I read the following passages. Acts 20, verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Those words from Paul to the elders of the church at Ephesus. These words from the apostle Peter, an elder himself. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Brothers, I ask you before God and your church family to examine your heart and determine if you are willing to be faithful to this and other teaching from God's Word as you lead our West Irwin church family as our elders, our overseers, our shepherds. If you are committed to doing that, please signify by saying amen. And now I would like to ask for all in the congregation today to please stand and face our shepherds as I read the following passage from Hebrews chapter 13. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. 
It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. Brothers and sisters, I ask you before God and your church family to examine your heart and determine if you are willing to be faithful to this and other teaching from God's Word as you serve our Lord Jesus Christ under the oversight of these men as elders, overseers, shepherds of the West Irwin church family. If you are committed to doing that, please signify by saying amen. Amen. Please be seated. And now if our current deacons will come forward and join the shepherds. Cody Abels, Gary Abels, Davey Carter, Colby Chandler, Chad Chauncey, Will Christian, Chris Conder, Steve Denman, Kevin Keel, Eric Mosley, John Murray, Garrett Smith, Jonathan Stone, and Randy Turner. Our gratitude is extended to these men and their wives and families for their service and leadership in the multiple ministries of this church. Now would these men who are appointed today as West Irwin deacons please come forward and join this group of servant leaders, Jacques Delividay, Stephen Freeman, Tim Holt Sr., Kelly Ross, and Cameron Williams. Your church family is grateful for each of you and your wife and children and for your willingness to help us and lead us as we serve our great God and minister in this community and beyond. Please face the congregation as I read this scripture from Matthew 20, which follows along with the scripture from Philippians 2, Tucker read at the beginning of our service today. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. 
just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. To all of our deacons, I ask you, are you willing to commit today to serving as deacons of our West Irwin Church family, to being servant leaders in the life and ministry of this church as we seek to proclaim and demonstrate the love and word of Christ? If you are committed to doing that, please signify by saying, Amen. Now I'd like to ask the congregation to please stand once more. As I read the following passage from Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Brothers and sisters, I ask you to examine your heart and determine if you are willing to be faithful to this and other teaching from God's Word as you serve our Lord Jesus Christ together with these men who are dedicating themselves today to be servant leaders of the West Irwin Church family. If you are committed to doing that, please signify by saying amen. 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 Please be seated. At this time, one of our shepherds, Galen Siegler, will offer a few comments and a prayer to our Heavenly Father for these men and their families and for this church, expressing our gratitude and joy, seeking the Lord's guidance and blessing for our elders and deacons and for all of our West Irwin family. We are excited. This is a great day for West Irwin Church. We are adding these five men and their wives to the leadership. We currently have 16 uh, current deacons, um, but two of those are gonna move to help serve us in the eldership and adding five. So let's see, 16 and nine is two and uh, carry one. I I, I believe that leaves us with 19 deacons and we are excited. These are good men with good families and we're excited that they are 
here. A deacon is not a title. It's not something you wear, but it's a servant with specific tasks in the church to lead the work. For example, feed the widows. A deacon is not limited to specific work. However, he may have a passion and talent for a particular particular ministry. These men were chosen because they are already serving and they are involved in these works. And they will continue to focus on these works. However, each member that attends here has the same common purpose to spread the gospel to the lost. Today, Jot Deliveday, he is presently working in the youth, security, and the young at heart. Steve Freeman has a passion for the youth and continues in that work. Tim Holt is one of our great workers in the benevolence area. He also helps with our Tuesday lunch bunch and security. Kelly Ross is working presently with our worship service and our singing. He's also interested in our mission works and our youth. And Cameron Williams is interested in our mission work, our foreign mission work, and also our Hispanic church. He is also thinking about starting a men's ministry. February 2018, we published a ministry flowchart in referencing the leadership of each ministry. You may still have a copy of it, but much has changed since 2018. So a new flowchart will be published again this time online, so hopefully it will be a source of information for the church to get answers to questions on the different ministries and maybe be helpful in getting other people involved in the work. Pat is working on that project right now and will have it ready for us soon. We pray God's richest blessings on these men and their families. Would you now join me in in the church's prayer? Lord, we come today to give thanks and praise for, for the blessings of this life. Truly, you have poured out great riches and love on your people. We meet again on this Lord's Day to remember. We remember the cross and the love that was given to those of faith. Our hope is strong as we await the coming of the eternal city of love. Father, today we come to anoint and affirm these men standing on this stage. These men and their wives who have accepted this responsibility to serve the church that meets here at West Irwin. We pledge. We pledge to you our talents and energy to serve this faithfully at this church. Our prayer is that West Irwin will be a beacon of light for the gospel of Christ in Tyler. And help spread your word to spread your word to all the world. But also to never overlook our neighbors that are in need or homeless that come to us, help it with a helping hand. 
with the basic necessities of life or sometimes just need a word of encouragement. Lord, Lord, give these servants wisdom to help lead all the servants in this church in building up the body and expanding your kingdom. Lord, help each person in this church to reflect the love of Christ in our lives and in our actions. Father, we, uh, we do want to pray for the sick that are listed in our bulletin. And there are many more. There are many others that are written in our hearts. We lift them up to you, almighty healer. We ask for mercy and peace. We also want to remember their caretakers, which has such a difficult job. Bless each. Grant to all spiritual peace and eternal answers as we ask this prayer through the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, you lift up the land, rescue the souls of men, oh, you rescue the souls of men, counsel and comfort your keeper, spirit we Supper this morning will sing Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. Jesus keep me
As we go through life, we have this series of markers, uh, sometimes marked by our parents for us, sometimes marked by ourselves. Uh, When our parents were raising us just out of infancy, they have those markers of the first time your children crawl, the first time they walk, the first time they have to go to the hospital and get stitches or set a bone that broke. We have different markers for ourselves. The first birthday I truly looked forward to was my 16th birthday. It's amazing to me that we live in a culture now where kids are not beating down the door of the DPS the same way I was on that day. I I literally was standing there before they unlocked it, waiting for freedom. That's, That's what it represented. I got keys. I had a wreck three days later, but that's not important. It's just not important. It was important to my parents, but it was not important to me. 16 allowed me that freedom. 25 represented a whole different thing once you gain a little bit of financial independence. Because for men at age 25, that's when your auto insurance goes down to where it will live in normalcy for the rest of perpetuity. After 25, I felt like the only birthday I had to look forward to after that was 65. Because that was when Social Security would kick in. Well, not so fast, anxious Andy. 67 became my year. And then 69 is now when I'm hoping for Social Security. I'm going to bet 71 before it's all said and done, though. So if anyone wants to wager a Coke, it's about as much as I'm willing to put on that. But we do have those markers as we go through life. And as you saw these men gathered up here on the stage that represented families within this church, we see markers of leadership. As we go through our lives and as we be, when we make that decision to become a Christian, there are markers of maturity that we go through, markers of leadership, markers of spirituality. Which is why there are multiple passages throughout Scripture that deal with the qualities that elders and deacons in the church should possess and qualities that they should not possess. And when we are able to gain some level of mastery over those, whether they be emotions or uh, things that dictate our actions... It's a marker of of spiritual maturity, marks of maturity. So there's marks of leadership, marks of spirituality, marks of maturity. But they all help us identify and confirm when we can see these attributes in people, in, in, in men that are willing to serve the church. They serve as markers for people who have walked the life of a Christian, who have taken on this mantle, not just of leadership, but of service. We see examples and patterns that we desire to follow. But when we look at the table, when we look at the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm reminded of a passage from one of the spiritual giants that we look towards in Scripture, both as a success and as a failure. When we see David in Psalm chapter 143, verse 2, make this statement, Enter not into judgment with me, your servant, Lord, for no one living is righteous before you. We often get this feeling in our head that we have to attain level A, B, C, or D before we are made right with God. 
And oftentimes when you sit with people who are in the declining stages of their life, we wrestle with our own mortality and what we have done with our life. And the question comes up fairly regularly, or the statement rather, I hope I have done enough. And the answer to that is always a resounding no, you have not. It is impossible to do enough to be made right with God. But it is the blood of Jesus Christ that makes every single person who accepts that free gift right before a holy and faithful God. We do not have to live up to some mantle of spiritual maturity before we can participate in the meal around the table because the moment we make that decision to give our lives over to God, Jesus' blood makes us perfect in the eyes of our Savior. And we can share in this meal that Jesus shared with his apostles and for us these sacred emblems that we have that represent the different pieces of that sacrifice that Jesus shared with his apostles on that very first night that this meal was shared together. So if you join with me, I want to say a prayer over the bread at this time. Heavenly Father God, we are grateful that we don't have to have every answer, that we don't have to have our, our lives in the midst of perfection, that even in our brokenness and in our failures, you call us yours. You call us to a higher standard, just like a loving parent does, but you still call us yours. And we know it is because of the sacrifice that Jesus gave on our behalf that we are made right before you. God, as we take this bread, which represents the body of Jesus, I pray we would remember that body that carried him through his life, that body that set an example for us to aspire to, and that body that set the ultimate example of laying down his life for us, the attempts to carry the cross through the streets and failing As his body failed, we know it was still the perfect sacrifice that we needed. So, Lord, help us to remember that in this moment. As we pray in your son's name, amen.
I don't want to steal, steal Bill's thunder, so I won't go through what all those qualities are, because I know we're going to talk about them in just a moment. But when you look at these statements that serve as markers for the lives of those who are willing to serve as elders and deacons in the church, there's nothing out of the ordinary. There's nothing that stands as something that none of us can accomplish. Rather, it is the calling of every believer that we should all aspire to, that we should all be pointing our lives toward. And yet one of the most fundamental, in fact, if not the most fundamental principle of of all of Scripture is that we all fall short of reaching those, of God's glory, of God's perfection. And while godly maturity and Christ-likeness should be the goal or target of every believer, our desire is simply to follow God, to emulate the life of Jesus Christ, to let his example be that which every man, woman, and child tries to live our lives toward. And I think often to the men and women who walked alongside Jesus and who saw that life lived out before them and what that must have been like to not truly understand who they were with and what they were witnessing and what they were seeing, but undoubtedly noticing that there was something different about him that they did not possess in the way he carried himself, in the way he spoke to people, both those on his level and those that we might consider to be below. The way he treated everyone with dignity and respect and love, in spite of oftentimes having very stark differences with them. No matter how mature or godly any of us become, we all fall short of perfection. I don't think anyone would argue that. But I think oftentimes that's what we think we need to have before we are worthy of this, of of the blood of Jesus Christ. And yet this blood was offered on behalf of the most broken, of the most imperfect. And I believe that that is a, a wonderful reminder for each of us that his life was given for the broken, for the imperfect, for those who are far from God and feel a great chasm between him. This blood is for you too. It is for all of us. And it is the bond that brings us all together every day and every week of our lives. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, as we continue to remember the sacrifice that Jesus gave in his life and in his death, we know that this This juice falls and fails in comparison to the value of that blood that was given on our behalf. But it serves as a reminder of what was necessary, of the perfect sacrifice that we needed to fix our imperfection. So God, we continue to strive to live up to those godly ideals that you laid out before us in scripture, that we see lived out in the lives of others, and that I'm certain the apostles saw in your son on a daily basis. Help us to strive to be that, but even when we fail and feel far from you, that this this blood, this cup serves as a reminder that the debt has already been paid 
and the slate has been wiped clean on our behalf because of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Last Sunday, there was a contingency, as, as Tucker reminded you this morning, of our church uh, on Easter who was gathered together with Christians from all over this state and other states as well uh, in Dallas at the Hilton Anatole for Leadership Training for Christ. Those exist all over the country. There's actually nine of them now that are in other parts of the country. We don't own that anymore. But I share that to say that a lot of Wonderful things were able to happen for people that spent months preparing for that time together, hours every Sunday up here, financially. If parents and families had to bear the burden of that entirely upon themselves, it would be a burden for families who have multiple children who participate in that, much the same way that mission trips just And we're just talking about the youth group at the moment. When we think about the people that we help, our neighbors through our Benevolence Center, through our Tuesday meals that go out to our shut-ins in our church and our community, from the ability for this building to always be available for people, uh, much like our beloved Jim Armstrong, whose memorial was this Friday here, this past Friday. So much of what we give allows things to happen that we are often not even visible in front of us. And so at this time, we, we ask that you share back with God a portion of what he has shared with you, what we have, he has shared with us, and that we trust that the leadership of this church is using those funds to, to not just further the cause of Jesus Christ, but to help those in need and to care for those in the walls, within the walls of this family. And that we are grateful for that opportunity to give back to God what he has given to us. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for what you have blessed us with. Not in comparison to the person sitting to the left or to the right of us, but that you have given us what we need to put food on the table for our families. Even at times when we rely on others to help us with that. It still exists in those moments because of you. 
you have filled that void in a way that we were not expecting. And God, we are so grateful for those moments when we don't know how we are going to accomplish things on our own and you still step in and give us what we need. And so, God, we take this opportunity to give back to you through to the work of the church and specifically in this morning to this church and to the, minist- the ministries that this church is a part of and in all the ways that the gospel flows to other parts of the world but also into the hallways of schools throughout our community and into the workplaces because of what is done here. And so, God, we, we take this opportunity joyfully to give that back to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You would be passing your attendance cards to an aisle that's closest to you. We have some young men that are going to be picking up these cards for us at this time. Just a reminder, there is no blast program today, so everybody will stay in the auditorium here. Before Bill's message to us this morning, let's all stand and sing How Great Is Our God. The splendor of
How great is our God. Today we do not celebrate great men, although God has provided us with great men. Today we celebrate how great is our God. Today we celebrate a marker, as Eric so wonderfully shared during our communion time, a marker in the history of the West Irwin Church of Christ, which dates back to 1885. I tell people when I tell them that the church has been around here since 1885, I have not been the preacher that whole time. (laughs) And these men that have stood before us this morning The wives, the wonderful servant wives that stand beside them and with them, their children, their grandchildren, other family members of some are here today to mark this wonderful day in their families' lives. And what a great blessing our great God has provided us. This morning, I want us to look at Philippians chapter 1 for just a few moments as we reflect on our great God And as we reflect on our great history, the men standing up here represented literally decades and generations of service to this church family. It's just amazing and incredible to think about the great history and heritage of faith that we are blessed with and to see the promise and the opportunity and the future that God is giving us today and in the days and years ahead. When the church was barely 30 years old, the Apostle Paul from jail wrote these words to a church that meant so much to him, the church at Philippi. He had established that church on his second mission journey. They had supported him financially throughout his mission from the very beginning with Lydia offering her home for those missionaries to stay in. From that moment on, the church at Philippi was a significant part of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Philippians 1 verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father, And the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. A few things about these great verses. First of all, he addresses God's holy people, which is the word for saints. 
He addresses the Christians at Philippi, calling them saints. It's a word that's an adjective, holy, used as a noun, holy ones, saints. Along with, he says, the overseers, the elders, and the deacons. Three terms used for elders in Scripture. Elder, um, overseer or bishop, and shepherd. And it's interesting that at this early history, this early moment in the church's history and existence, already you see that structure. All of the congregation, including the elders, the overseers, the shepherds, and the deacons. It's an amazing statement. And then he speaks of their partnership in the gospel, the fellowship that they have together in the gospel. And the word there is koinonia. It's the word that is typically translated fellowship, such as in Acts chapter 2. Sometimes it's translated communion. In 1 Corinthians 10, it's the word that is used where we get our term for the Lord's Supper, communion. Here, I think partnership is the great term. And beginning in verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He would use that same term to talk about their partnership in chapter 4 when he speaks of the financial contribution that they had sent to him. Later on in chapter 2 of Philippians, he will talk about how God is at work in them to bring about the same completion of their faith until the day of Christ Jesus, as he says in verse 6. Paul speaks from his heart in verses 7 and 8 and verse 3, and we see a little bit about what this church means to him. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ. In verse 3, he had said, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. That's the relationship that these leaders that were before us earlier today have for us. They always have us in their hearts, just as Paul said, I have you in my heart. They always are thinking of us. They always are praying for us and praying with us and leading us as we serve and minister in the name of Christ. In verses 9 and 10, Paul speaks of love and knowledge and insight and discernment. And he calls on them to have all of those things, but not just to have those things, to grow in those things, to grow in love, to grow in knowledge, to grow in insight, and to grow in discernment. And these men that were up here this morning are those who serve and lead us as we seek to do that exact thing, to grow in our love and ministry and service for others, to grow in our knowledge and insight into God's Word to grow in discernment of how we take the words of this inspired book and put them into our lives today and apply them and serve in our own settings, in our own families, in our own circles of our daily lives, in the life of ministry of this church, 
how we take those things into our hearts and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then finally, he speaks of the fruit of righteousness in verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Jesus has said that we, there is one, there is one who provides the life-giving nourishment to all of us as branches. But he is the vine. We're the branches, and branches bear fruit. Branches seek to bring others into this plant. And Paul speaks of that fruit that is seen in our daily lives in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. The kids could all tell you those different items because they sing about them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mercy, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all of those things. Today we look ahead with prayerful confidence. Our trust is not in ourselves. Our trust is not even in these men that stood before us today. How great is our God. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Today our trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so because of that today, we look ahead with prayerful confidence. Today we look ahead to the great things God has called us to do. Today we look ahead to what God will do in us and through us. Together as a united body of Christ. As partners in the gospel. Today we look ahead to sharing the love and word of Christ with our community and our world. And it all comes from that common love that we share. A common love for each other. A common gift to the Savior. A common bond holding us to the Lord. A common strength when we're weary. A common hope for tomorrow. A common joy in the truth of God's Word. This morning, if you need to come to our great God and our Lord Jesus Christ, come as we stand, sing this great song together. A common love
say to all our visitors that we're glad you came to West Irwin. We want to invite you back at any opportunity that you might have. Our closing song will be the first verse of when we all get to heaven, then we'll have a dismissal prayer. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing His mercy and His grace. God, as we leave this place, we leave prepared. We leave grateful for being filled again with your word, for the encouragement of song, and we look forward to the week ahead, not just the weather and the time with family and friends, God, but the opportunities that we know you will place before us. God, I pray that we have the courage to walk through those doors as we were all a part of yet another new beginning for this church today, encouraged that we have people standing behind us and beside us who are praying for us, lifting us up, and have a desire to see the work of, of the church continue. So, God, we leave this place together today saying thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.